Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Baer's Moving Markets podcast. It's Monday, the 4th of September, and my name is Helen Freer. Oil prices are at their highest since November. On today's show, I'll be talking about this and more market news with Lucia Chachulovic. And then I'll be speaking to Menzel Pachinci, our head of technical analysis, to get his latest thoughts on the markets from a technical perspective. But first up is Lucia. Good morning, Lucia. Good morning, Helen. So last week was pretty data heavy and we had new labour market figures from the US to round off the week on Friday. What did these numbers tell us? So the newest data showed that non-farm payrolls rose by 187,000 in August, ahead of forecasts that had predicted an increase of 170,000. And this marks the third consecutive month when job increases were less than 200,000. And also worth noting is that June and July's payroll gains were revised lower by 110,000. So meanwhile, the unemployment rate increased to 3.8%, which was quite unexpected. And the reason for this was that more people came back into the labor force. Now, from an inflation perspective, this can be seen as a net positive as larger labor supplies should help reduce wage pressure. So overall, the data indicates a gradually moderating labor market. Okay, and we know that investors are keenly watching data releases like this, thinking about what the US Federal Reserve might do next. Yeah, that's right. Um, So following the data, traders have now priced in a 93% chance that the US central bank will hold rates steady at its next policy meeting later this month. And how did markets react? So U.S. stocks rallied on the news and then eased somewhat throughout the day, but they still managed to close the best week since June. Let's have a look at China now, where government stimulus measures are still in focus. Um, What are the latest developments there? So investors are really hoping that China's latest property measures will help the economy. Now, the focus will be on China's trade and inflation data this week, which will likely signal that the economy's recovery remains fragile. And this will keep pressure on policymakers to roll out more stimulus. So according to state media, Thursday's trade report is expected to show that exports and imports contracted again in August, while figures due on Saturday will probably show an increase in consumer prices. President Xi Jinping said that the country would continue to open up while pursuing its own development path. He pledged to ease market access in the services sector with further opening up in areas including legal, telecommunications, tourism and professional exams. Okay, and I can see that Asian stocks are up this morning, uh, powered by a surge in property stocks. So it seems, at least for now, that the government's actions are working. Um, I'd also like to talk to you today about oil, where prices have hit their highest levels since November. What are the reasons for this, Lucia? Well, there are fears in the market that supply cuts by the OPEC plus leaders will tighten the market. So Russia announced last week that it will extend export curbs with more details of the reductions to be released in the coming days. And Saudi Arabia is widely expected by traders to follow suit by pushing its voluntary curbs into October. And also helping oil prices are positive economic data from China and the US, which indicate that the demand for oil remains strong. 
And moving on to crypto now, we talked last week about the ruling from the federal court in the US that gave an investment company the go-ahead to launch the first Bitcoin ETF in the United States. Prices rose following the news, but they're already down again. Why is that? Yeah, you're right, Helen. So the hype seemed to be short-lived. And this is because the ruling from last week did not necessarily mean that a Bitcoin ETF will be indeed approved. So the US Securities and Exchange Commission now said that it was delaying the decision to approve or reject all current spot Bitcoin ETF applications for another 45 days. And this had an immediate effect on Bitcoin's price performance. The price did not only lose all the gains from after the first ruling, but also plunged to a new 11-week low at one point. Okay, um, let's look ahead now. What can investors expect for today and this week? So today's agenda is rather light, but we will get the Swiss second quarter GDP figures, which might be interesting to watch. Other than that, this week's highlights are the services PMI figures and retail sales from the Eurozone out tomorrow and on Wednesday, the US Fed Beige Book on Wednesday, and China's trade data on Thursday, which I mentioned earlier. In terms of monetary policy, we will have the Australian Central Bank tomorrow and Canada's Central Bank on Wednesday. Finally, European stocks are expected to open in the green, with Swiss futures being the only one in the red. And US markets are closed today due to the Labor Day holiday. Excellent. Thank you very much, Lucia, for the comprehensive roundup this morning. Thanks for having me, Helen. Now, Menzo, good morning, first of all, and welcome. Good morning, Helen. Um, I'd like to start by asking you about the US dollar. So I know our currency research analysts are saying they think the dollar might weaken a bit further, but they say the downside is limited. What about from a technical perspective? What are your thoughts on the currency? Yes, um, when we look at the US dollar, basically we can see it had a perfect run from mid of July. It rose almost every week. And now when we look, for example, at the dollar index, we're seeing that we are approaching here major resistance around 105. So we think in the short term, there might be here some uh, consolidation. So when we look at uh, currencies, basically what we're seeing is that the US dollar is uh, still strong against the euro. So the euro is weak, uh, but nevertheless, the US dollar is not strong against all currencies. So some currencies show even strength against the US dollar. And these are our long-term favorites, uh, like the Mexican peso and Brazilian real, which still offer some uh, juicy uh, yields uh, to investors and the currencies continue to appreciate against the US dollar. Okay, um, and let's talk about bond yields now. So the 10-year US Treasury yield got up to 4.36% a couple of weeks ago, but has come down a fair bit since. I see it was at 4.18 at the end of Friday. What are the charts telling you, Menzo, about where yields are going? Yes, uh, the charts basically is very interesting. So we have, when we look at the yields, uh, the 10-year Treasury yield, we have uh, three major advances since uh, 2021, and each of those advances has been uh, weaker than the previous one, and the current one is the weakest. So uh, we think uh, if prices or yields uh, fail to rise above 440 in the next uh, couple of weeks, we might have a real chance of a long-term peak in the interest rates. So here on the downside, the key level would be 390. So if 390 breaks, then we think we have here a good chance for a long-term peak in uh, U.S. interest rates. And that, of course, would be very bullish for uh, for risky assets. Uh, it would put uh, back uh, the Goldilocks scenario on the table. 
Okay, very interesting. Um, finally, on the S&P, I think you said last week that the short-term consolidation is over. So you see the S&P rising from here, is that right? Yes. So when we look at the S&P, basically, we think that most likely we have retested here uh, the key support levels and the S&P 500 is back on track to attempt to rise to new all-time highs. Uh, we think investors should not fear too much the month of September Yes, it is the worst month. It is the only month historically which is down on average. Nevertheless, um, it is down, I mean, really down uh, big time when the market is in a downtrend. When the market is in an uptrend, basically September on average is a flat month. And please keep in mind for the past 30 years, the S&P 500 has risen 4.6% from October until the end of the year. So this is um, more than half of the long-term average annual return. So this, of course, means for investors, they should really think uh, twice uh, if they have the right uh, allocation to equities uh, at this time. Great. Thanks very much, Menzo. Interesting to hear your thoughts, as always. Thank you, Helen. All the best. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guests this morning and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We'd love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when I'll be back and talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great start to the week, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.